All right. So um, I work in IBM Research in Dublin, in Ireland. Uh, excuse me for my video. Sometimes it just jams. Um, and I'm going to present on this project that we've been working for the past four years called uh, DataShim. And uh, we started off in, in 2018. Uh, this was a research project that we were doing uh, where we were trying to of uh, we were trying to see the scalability of uh, training of models on GPUs. And during this um, exercise, we realized that you know using um, and we were using Kubernetes to deploy machine learning workloads and this training uh, and, and, and this training workload. And during this time we realized that the um, user experience of uh, using data inside these workflows is pretty bad. And um, and if you want to generalize the problem, this is the picture, right? So we have your your typical data scientist who wants to um, uh, run a, a workflow like a training workflow and inference workflow, and she has to look for data sets. She has to figure out where the data sets are stored. What are the credentials to access the data sets? She has to configure the jobs to use those data sets. And then you have the issue of deploying to a cluster, waiting for the jobs to turn up. And, and blah, blah, blah. So the, the, there's a lot of steps involved before you deploy the job onto a Kubernetes cluster. On the right side, you have the data provider who has a different set of pain points, and we're not going to talk about that, but what we wanted to have was, was reduce this overload of, of, being, of having to specify your data location uh, and, and do it in one single way. And that's, and that's why introducing DataShim uh, data shims uh, is a very thin shim sitting uh, on top of CSI. And what it does is introduces a new uh, custom resource definition, uh, CRD called data set. And the data set acts as a cloud native data access abstraction. So you define the data set once and then down in your workloads, you can then say how many, uh, where do you want to use the data set? And then data shim takes care of transmuting the pods to use the PVCs that are associated with that data set. We start this, this project started off as data set lifecycle framework. And then in, in 2020, um, IBM, uh, in 2021 beginning, IBM decided to donate the code to uh, the Linux Foundation Data and AI Foundation who took us on. And uh, we are now an incubation project within that. And it's an open source project. We welcome all sorts of pull requests, issues. You know, you can just, uh, just Start an issue and we'll be just happy to look at it and, and fix them. So um, along with by doing by introducing this abstraction, we figured out that not it wasn't just solving the problem of being able to specify the access uh, for a data set, but it also happened to uh, solve a problem that we were also researching, which is how to actually manage the performance of these workflows on Kubernetes clusters. And I'll talk a little bit about the caching system that we that we use inside DataShim. A lot of the focus of DataShim is on S3 and, uh, and, and, and cloud object storage. It's because we started out with the use case that the data sets were stored in S3 buckets or cloud object storage buckets. And turns out that that's the most popular use case for accessing data on the cloud. But nevertheless, we, we support uh, other CSI plugins such as NFS, um, and, and, and a research uh, uh, CSI interface called H3, and we want to support more in the future. So um, 
of course, my video has gone off and apologies for that. Um, uh, how does data shim work in practice? In practice, the data shim, of, uh, data shim consists of an operator called the data set operator. On the left side, you see the data set specification. Uh, here you have, you specify data set, you say what type it is, you provide the credentials for accessing this data set, uh, the endpoint, the bucket, and so on and so forth. And you have to do this only once. And we, we sort of thought that uh, this would be done probably in advance by somebody who had the permissions to access that bucket. Um, and then in the pod, what you would do is you would, uh, you would uh, refer to this data set through a set of labels. And what the data set operator would do is when the data set is created, it would create a PVC PV pair. Um, it works with it works with the CSI driver to create a persistent volume. It will create a PVC entry, um, and 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 then um, when the pod comes in, we have a uh, we have a webhook that mutates the pod and inserts the PVC when, whenever we detect the labels. Now, if you don't want to use PVC, then we also have a mode where you can say use as config map. And the uh, and your and your and your and your access variables for accessing the data set would be injected uh, into the environment variables of your pod. Uh, and you know if you have a if you are using it as a PVC, then the PVC will be mounted, and then you can just access it as a as a file system. And all of this is completely transparent to the workload. So from the workload perspective, there is a PVC, and you can access the data at a particular mount point that you can specify. So again, please go to the website. We have some examples on how to use it. We don't really have to specify the access key and secret access key every time you want to create a data set. Uh, we, we support a secret uh, pair. We just happen to use this as a, as a simple example. Um, so the uh, why, why, why do you want to use uh, data shim? Uh, because of, uh, for example, one of, one of the ways in which you can simplify your pipeline. So here we have a data set that has been created and you have a pvc and then and and on the on the right side what you're seeing is a a, a kubeflow pipeline uh, definition and here you're using the pipeline volume uh, the, the the pipeline volume um, feature but you don't have to define in the in this pipeline where the data set is coming from all you have to say is use this data set which is pipeline volume my data set and then the rest of the workflow can just refer to that volume. So you, it's that in one step, we have eliminated the, 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 the pain of having to deal with access credentials and, and locations and bucket location and all that stuff, it's, it's gone. So any further volumes can just use that straight away. And we have some uh, examples around this in the data shim repository. Next, uh, so you can see how we took this further. And uh, we have an example uh, that we worked with uh, the European Bioinformatics Institute. We, uh, I, I can't go deep into it right at the moment, um, but there is a there is a paper for it. I'll, I'll post the paper into the Slack channel. And uh, here we, def we 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 describe in detail how we took a pipeline uh, that was a, a, a genome analysis pipeline, um, um, uh, a query pipeline um, that referred a genomic data set use multiple uh, use different pvcs at different stages uh, including having different uh, pods right to the same pvc um, and 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 we took we transformed this 
and 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 completely change it to use data sets and and by doing that we not only simplified the pipeline we also improved the throughput of this workflow again i'll i'll, I'll paste this uh, uh, paper into the slack channel um, but in any case just just contact me if you if you want more details now i come back come, i come to the uh, caching uh, work that i mentioned in the beginning and here what we did was now instead of actually having the data set operator talk directly to this to the CSI backend, we introduced a cache controller, and the cache controller would uh, would would effectively talk to the operator. Uh, it would it would instantiate and manage a cache service, um, and and from the CSI perspective, it's just another storage backend. And so the 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 persistent volumes and persistent volume claims are created uh, created without any problems. And from the workload perspective, all of this happens transparently. So none of this. Uh, is uh, visible to the workload. From the workload perspective, it's just accessing a data set that is available at a particular mount point. And we, uh, we to, to prove this, we actually wrote our own um, cache for uh, cloud object storage or, or S3. Uh, we basically forked Ceph and, and did some changes to it. Um, and we, we, did some, uh, we did some performance testing um, using uh, 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 an analytics workload called uh, Transaction Processing Council Decision Support uh, that was implemented using Spark, and uh, and by doing this, um, we we managed to basically half the amount of time that we in, uh, that involved to actually execute that workload. Um, what we could do further was that because we knew how the cache was structured, we could use the hints of the data placement in order to uh, uh, in order to schedule the pods closer to the data and by doing this we got further improvements in performance again i don't have the time to go into details but the paper i'll paste post it to the slack channel um it's uh, it's linked from the main uh, data shim uh, from the uh, github repository uh, and please go and read it and you know, get, get get in touch if you want to um uh, if you want more more details about this so we where where is data shim going well we we are uh, currently we are in the process of improving uh, changing its operator dependencies and bringing it to um, kubernetes 1.22 plus uh, but we want to introduce ephemeral volume support uh, for s3 which is not done uh, at all um, um, we wanted to yeah, we want to integrate with cosi when it's when cosi is finalized and ready for doing that we we've been working with the cosi team uh, or one of our members has has been working with the COSI group uh, last year uh, on the specification. Uh, we want to improve our our uh, our, our our support for uh, CSI plugins by having auto discovery capabilities. We want to support a lot more frameworks. So right now we have examples with Spark, Kubeflow. Uh, we want to support Tekton, Flight, uh, and uh, we want to actually go go and and explore more about. Uh, how to actually get visibility into the uh, usage of data sets and, and can we leverage that, uh, that information to do something uh, further with improving the availability and the performance of data set access. So with that done, um, I would like to acknowledge all the people who have contributed data set. I'm right now the primary maintainer, but Datashim was started uh, by Yanis and Christian um, three years ago. They've moved on to other interesting projects. Um, Panos was instrumental in, in uh, carrying the project forward, and he also uh, implemented the, the cache plugin that I just spoke about. 
And there are lots of other contributors from different companies who have found niggles and who have found uh, annoyances that they wanted to be fixed. And they have these have all helped improve the project immensely. So thanks to all of that. And that with that, I come to the end of my talk. But okay. if you have time, I can actually show a short demo. But um, um but, yeah, if, if you if you if you think you can squeeze it in, go for it. Okay, so let me see. All right. New share. I just uh, this is going to be a live demo, so you know Murphy's law. I hope doesn't come <laughs> into okay. practice. It's all good. Um, so all right. So I have actually created a secret pair. Uh, this is all running, of co of course, on my. Um, and this this. If you can see my screen, uh, this is the uh, secret that contains the access key and secret access key pair. Now what I have is. Um, an example data set which just accesses a bucket using this secret key pair at this endpoint. So I'm going to create that. Sorry, my and now what I get from this is a data set. Called test. And this should have generated the PVC pair and the and the persistent volume, and uh, it uses CSI S3 because it's it's using S3 backend. And now I have a a pod definition that uses this data set, which is here. Um, Again, here, what I've done, I, I was testing something. So I, I actually turned off the labels, but you could actually access the data set directly because the name of the persistent, uh, the PVC is the same as of the data set. So you could basically use it directly here and then mount it under whatever mount path you want to use. So um, if I were to create this pod, as I said, if, if I had just left the labels and not specified the volumes, this would still work. Um, but for the sake of time, I'm just going to. So this is an Nginx pod. It's creating, I should have probably gone for a smaller image. Oh, it's running good. Um, and if I actually describe this pod, uh, you can see that it's mounted the data set in that mount point. And if if I want to do an exit inside the pod, so, uh, I have. I hope you can see this. I can actually go to the mount point and access the contents of the bucket that was there on my uh, on that location in in in, in cloud object storage. We are using IBM cloud object storage in this case. Um, so with that, I'm up to the end of my talk. Uh, as again, uh, please visit the repository or, or ask a question to me by email. Thank you very much for your time.